Welcome to this Easter Sunday post-game media edition of Talking Hoosier Baseball. Today is Sunday, April 8th, 2023. In a real grinded-out game, the Hoosiers stayed close with stellar defense and finally broke out the bats for a big eighth inning to win the rubber match and the series. Peter Ceruto led the team with four hits, Bobby Whalen drove in a tying run and the two winning runs, plus made a stellar catch to save runs in the first inning. The media met with head coach Jeff Mercer, Ceruto, and Whalen following the game. Coach, we were in the locker room in there. What was that scene like after a win like that? I was obviously pretty excited, uh, probably uh, uh, namely me. I just, you know, we, we've... They've just come a long way in a year, you know, and, and obviously the way the Iowa series went last year at third place, you don't forget that very quickly, and and I've had a, a, a lot of people over the last year not let me forget that as much as I may have wanted to forget that. Um, but just to see for them how far they've come in a year, and, and I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the season, right? Baseball is a silly game, and, you know, we, we may struggle down the stretch. I don't know. But just, just to watch those guys work throughout the last year, and sometimes you have those those weekend series that really stick out in your mind. And, and obviously, like I've said, Rick Heller is a great friend. He, he's an awesome coach. They have a great team. I mean, they're 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 a bear. But for I'm just really happy for our guys to see their growth over the past year. And you know, we, we really invested so hard into our pitching staff, and we invested so hard into our defense. And I know we made a couple errors that we don't typically make, but we also made again some incredible defensive plays. You know, Bobby Whalen's catch in left center, and Devin's catch at the wall. You know, those are game-changing plays from the very beginning. So I think all I think there's a lot of that emotion that, that probably kind of boils over a little bit. And and I'm usually rather stoic, and so I, I wanted them to, to know that I was super proud of them, and that, you know I can show emotion too, and that that uh, I just happy happy for them, really happy for them. This team, sorry, this team feels like it has a clutch gene, more like 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, when they made the tournament. Obviously, this is a most other than me and Carl probably weren't here at that point. So, how big is it, you know, to make it to have the feel more of like, you know, your first year where you're competing for the title, you're in contention for a tourney bid, that this feels like, you know, it did early, you know, your first year rather than the last? Absolutely. I think. Being able to play more of a typical season really helps that, right? Where you're you're playing an early season, you go play at Auburn, you go play at Texas, you play at East Carolina. You have to have those moments. You have to be in the fire. True road games in front of 8,000 people that don't like you, and, and it hardens you. And then you have to go and get your butt kicked, and then learn to get back up and, and not not make excuses and not say no, not take no for an answer. And and it reveals true character. And and I would say that we're talented. We're talented enough to be good. And, and when you go play a really good early season schedule, you're 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 more capable of handling that. And then high high character kids, high character people, and 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 they they're the ones that have to go out and be able to handle the emotion of the moment. So I think you know you're right. The first year or two, you know, my second year, the year we were canceled, we're I don't know whatever we were, nine and five, and win a game at LSU. That was a really tough team, and and things kind of you know got sideways a little bit. But you can see when you have the ability to. Put a plan together, execute a plan, build a schedule, do things the right way, have talented kids. You can build toughness, and, and they have it. And, again, like I don't know what happens the rest of the way out, but as of today, we, we have the ability to stay emotionally stable, to stay calm, and to just use all 27 outs. You, you preach it, we preach it every day. Just play with all 27 outs. I know that we didn't get started the way we wanted to, and, and that's okay, but you just got to keep going because you just don't know what's going to happen. The first three outs and the last three outs, they're statistically of the same value. 
So don't pl place more or less on any other thing. And, and you find a way to break through. You, you just have to find a way to wait people out sometimes. And if you just stay stable throughout the entirety of the game, you hope somebody else makes a mistake. And, and today we were able to do that. Peter has uh, caught his seventh, started his seventh straight game behind the plate and then goes four for four today. Yeah. Uh, what, what is he doing right now? What is, what is bringing that success? Well, he's, he's working his tail off and he's tough. You know, I, I, I coached under Greg Lovelady at Wright State and, and Greg caught at Miami, Florida when they won two national championships and we had Sean Murphy and he, he really instilled in me that you can't, you can't wear a catcher down, you have to run a two catcher system. And yet here we are at seven games in a row and, and kind of by necessity right now. But what, that's what makes what Pete's doing that even, even more impressive. You know, we, we talked before the game today, he came up to me. I talked to a lot of the hitters, the right-handed hitters especially. We were just so passive to off-speed pitches in the middle of the field. And their off-speed pitches are not normal off-speed pitches. They're, they're, they're bored. And so it's like we're, we're getting the bat knocked out of our hand. We have to be, have more authority to our pull side. And Pete came up to me and he said, hey, listen, I think I'm the exact opposite. I'm missing a ton of my pull side. What do you think? And I said, what you do really well is you play in the middle of the field and the pull side's kind of open for you with off-speed pitch. And so he's mature enough to be able to recognize I'm not in that category. I'm the, uh, I have to be the other. And, and he did. Bangs a couple base hits to right field, and then he, he hits off-speed pitches to left. And I guess that, that would be uh, my compliment to Pete as to why he's having that success is because he's intelligent. He's adaptable. He's aware, and and when you are those things, you you give yourself a chance to have success because you can adapt to the game that's happening for you, and to do it where he's I mean he's got to be tired, he's got to be physically exhausted catching so much, um, but to just have the wherewithal mentally to keep doing that stuff, I think that's the that's what I take away from it, and that's why he's having I think success. A little bit of a frustration to start with four to five double plays yeah. turned into. Yeah. Sort of uh, joy with uh, Bobby's go ahead and hit. Yeah. He's going crazy at first base. What's yeah. going through your mind seeing his reaction? Well, you know, it was. I, I tell the guys sometimes you get baseball. I stole that from from Coach Glant. So we hit three double plays in the first four innings, each one over 100 miles an hour. It's like for crying out loud. Now the one, the line drive to right center. If the wind's not blowing in 20 miles an hour, I can see why Devin's extended. He just got too far off the bag. But sometimes you just have tough luck and you hit balls right at people if it's a, if two feet either way and. You probably score four runs in the first two innings and everyone's jumping up and down. And I'm not kicking myself. Should I have bunted? You know, the way the game started, it was like, we don't need to bunt right now. They hit you know, four rockets in the first five outs or whatever it was. And I was like, well, this probably isn't going to be 42 game. Um, and, and so you go through the course of the game and the same thing you know, with Bobby, I talked about with the right-handed hitters. And we were hitting actually in this cage this morning. And it was just like, you're, you're, you're catching everything too deep. When's the last time that you hammered a ball to left field, a fastball, homer to left field, double down the line and, and, and play out front with the fastball and then allow the off speed to work to the middle of the field and don't force the your whole field's turned to the right field right field line. And he's such a he's such a good kid and he's and he's so adaptable kind of just like with Pete that you watch him go out there today and he is it is noticeable. Like you can see his noticeable change in his approach. Okay, I'm going to make this adjustment today. And all of a sudden, he gets it a little further out and a little further out. He has some really good foul balls. Bang, base hit the left. He's like, okay, now I got the contact point. And what's really impressive is the, the, the last, the Obermiller kill that lefty. I mean, that dude's a bear, right? Like 92, 94 from like the four hole. And it cross fires a, he cross fires a 92 mile fastball into Bobby with two strikes. And 
Carter Matheson did a really good job of that. With two strikes, you're on fastball timing away, and then you just have to react to fastballs in. And and that's a really that's a scary approach, right? It's like, but what about the fastball in? It's like you just have to do the best you can and trust your drawer. And he did that. He's fastball away timing. He gets a 92 mile fastball in, and he crosses his face firm and bangs it in the six hole and two RBI. So again, just being adjustable, like. Baseball is a silly game. You do everything right and you fail, you do everything wrong and, and you succeed. And so you have to be stable and then you have to adjust and you have to be willing to make changes as you go. And that's what Bobby does a great job of. And, and he's such a good leader that he's able to do it and then he's able to set the example for everyone else. If your leader is having a tough day or a tough, tough couple of days and then he doesn't adjust and he pouts, then what's everybody else supposed to do? And they, and they don't take it and apply it to themselves. But when one of your best leaders is also one of your most adjustable and one of your most accountable, then you, the rest of your team follows. So it, it, it has to be locker room led. It has to be led by the guys. And, and that's why having guys like, like Bobby make all the difference in the world. A lot of those qualities you just mentioned are typically guys that are a little bit more veteran, a little bit more seasoned in the program. Bobby's only a sophomore. What yeah. does that say kind of about just the mentality, the makeup of this entire team? Yeah, you know, Bobby is, Bobby is the, the quintessential guy that you want in the program. You want the program to be about that. And, and you look at the team, you know, we're 80% of our team is, are, you know, in that have multiple years of eligibility left, you know, freshmen, sophomores, or, or, or third year, or redshirt juniors, I'm sorry, and they have eligibility left. So it, it's, it's exciting to see that uh, culture, culture never graduates, right? Tradition never graduates. And, and if you can build that internally, and then when you're, you're really fortunate to have guys like Bobby and Pete and those guys in the program where those young guys, these young guys see it. And it's like that becomes the standard, that becomes the expectation. And then it, it never leaves when those guys move on to professional baseball or to graduation. That that never leaves. And, and I think that's what I get so excited about is you know, the guys that we have in the program right now are very talented. The guys that we have committed are incredibly talented. But to, to know that the foundation is set, the, and again, we, we can win or we can lose. I don't know what's going to happen down the stretch. It's, it's, it's a crazy game. But I don't have any concerns about the, the, the culture and the, the attitude with the players within and in the locker room. And as a coach, it's, that's a really uh, it's a very safe feeling and a, and, a, and a very exciting one. You talk about two needing six runs to win. Usually the last few games you haven't gotten that, but you're still winning. So how do you balance basically winning, you know, despite not hitting what you want, but also knowing, you know, you can't win indefinitely with these lower scores? Well, if we pitch like that, we can't. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I think the, the focal point that we've, we've really tried to institute in the last couple of years, and we've talked about, is the ability to pitch and play great defense. Have athletes across the field, have depth where you can play defense late, you can substitute guys, you don't have to abuse guys, you can get them in and out. We need to be interchangeable defensively. Because the offense ebbs and flows. You look at the last week, I would not want to be a hitter on our team in the last week. Look at the arms that we have faced from Indiana State to this weekend at Iowa. It's like, it is a murderous row of arms. And so sometimes it goes, it ebbs and it flows. And that's that's the thing, but pitching and defense show up every day. And we'll hit, we'll score runs. And we still had, we had 11 hits. We had 11 hits and five walks. We had 16 base runners at least, or maybe two by pitching, probably 16 or 17 or 18 base runners. We just did in a four-double place, and that's the way it goes. But if you can pitch and play defense, you have a chance to win. What I get excited about is, is that we're growing up on the mound. Braden Reisdorf is a perfect example. Wes Burton is a perfect example. How, how much better have those guys been in the last, you know, today as opposed to a month ago? And if we can keep adding, just like we talked about, 
if you add one guy a week to the staff, if you add one guy a week to the offense, and now you have the depth to be able to can be competitive on the back end of a, you know, the last game, in the last three innings against a team like Iowa that has one of the best pitching staffs in the country, you're able to compete the whole way through because you just keep coaching, keep adding guys, and you know we'll, we'll hit. But if we don't pitch, it doesn't really matter. But we're pitching it really well. We're playing really good defense, and, and we have a chance to win every game we play when we do that. Two more. Five. Coach, a very emotional series win for you guys. Yeah. Does it mean more coming against a very quality Iowa team that swept you guys last year? Normally I would say no, but yes, it does. It, it, it's just, again, for the guys, for the guys, right? That was a, it was a, it was a very, uh, it was a very disheveled, you know, feeling after that, after that series. It was, we had played so well for the previous month. We had won four series in a row, something like that. We were winning our midweeks. It kind of felt like our feet underneath us, and we were going. Uh, the way that the, the the way that the series fell, where we had to get by lined up for the conference tournament, we knew we were going to be exposed. And so I felt I felt just bad for the kids, you know, after that weekend, and then to see them recover and play well in the tournament, and then to see, hey, here's where we are a year a year to the day, or not to the day, but a year later against the same team. Uh, you know, it, it, it does. It was emotional for them. It was kind of vindication that that all the work and all the time was worth it. And, you know, a, a little bit of egg on your face, you know, in some of those moments last year, you know, it, it, uh, you can wipe some of it off and, and kind of feel like you've, you, you've, um, it was all worth it a little bit. And, and now you have to pick up and go play on Tuesday and make sure you don't have a, you know, hangover from, from that. But, and I say that with, with all of the respect in the world to Iowa, I don't want it to be in any way. It could, wouldn't matter what team it was. It could have been, you know, any team, that was just a that was a tough series to swallow, and they were classy about it. It was just hard internally for us, and so I was just uh, happy for the guys as they did it this weekend. With a lot, of, sorry, I'll take both of them. Five series wins in a row. Um, yeah. The past two have come after you guys have dropped the opener. What would you sort of attribute to this team refusing to let up? Well, I, well I've talked a lot about the you know the year that we won the Big Ten in, in 2019. So we 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 lost three or four Friday games. And, and, okay, so what happens, you have three games. Just find a way to win Saturday and then make it a rubber match on Sunday. And, and the, way that we, the way that we manage our pitching staff right now, if we keep adding guys, we're going to have a chance to win all three games. And then we've, we've talked about it. Like We have developed starting pitching through the depth of the staff and through matchups. And so I, I think that, that's what you know, I would attribute that level of success too, in, in the ability for us to keep doing that, I, 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 I gives me a lot of confidence knowing that we can keep we can keep doing it this way. In some of the games that you've struggled with offensively, uh, you've seen it to where you've had a couple guys who have been hitting well, but they tend to be spread out around the lineup. I mean, I guess that's kind of typical because you really don't have one guy that's just right. head and tails above everybody. Right. Right. So, kind of just talk about the struggles of trying to to get the lineup right against good pitching. Yeah, it's like a Rubik's cube. It's like a Rubik's cube. It's it's it's, uh, it's tough. The thing that I've done the last few weeks uh, is really just try to stabilize the the lineup in hopes that it helps to stabilize everybody's role to the best of my abilities. Like if you look at who's hitting with runners in scoring position, who's getting on base, and you kind of kind of slot those guys in the right spots. But outside of that, because I hated as a hitter when it was like, well, I hit third this day and fourth this day and fifth, and I'm all over the place and. So I've tried to stabilize it so you can begin to kind of form roles in my identity. Uh, and, and you're right, it's kind of we're, we're winning through the, the aggregate, right? We're winning through the whole of it, not necessarily through the individuals. Um, 
we're just going to have to find it. Just keep pushing through. We're just going to have to push through until we can kind of get a couple of those guys cooking a little bit again. I saw some good things today that, that just the ability to kind of get back to, to fastball timing and to get a few fastballs out front. And, you know, I go back to this where the, the group last year had a lot of success offensively and, and they were all the first time. So there's no scouting report. And then, and then they had success and now everyone knows your weaknesses and you're insecure because they're poking on your weaknesses. And, and then you get in between, right? So now you got, we got a ton of all-speed pitches, a ton of change-ups. Every time I say, hey, it's like, it's like an 8% change-up use for this guy. And then it's like 45% change-up use against us. And guys come back in, it's like, well, the scouting report stinks. It's like, I know, well, he didn't know he was going to do that. Uh, so I think that kind of throws a little bit of a grenade in guys' brains. And so we just have to reestablish fastball dominant approaches that we can turn around a fastball and get back to, to, to what we are. Because right now we're getting pitched like we got pitched a, a lot of times last year, which is like fastball dominant. And because we're in between and we've, we've, we reverted to like, we were getting a ton of all speed, so now we're off speed. And so we just have to go back to that. And then we should reestablish ourselves and be able to go. And at the same time, when you face a bunch of really good arms in a row, you kind of got to tip your cap, but also know that it prepares you for the next couple weeks. I wouldn't be shocked at all if we swing it really well the next couple of weeks, um, you know, unless we face, the, you know, Brody Brecht again, which I hope I never see that guy again. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I think we'll swing it really well kind of moving forward. After you see that, it hardens you, it makes you better, and you get better through tough stuff, and I think we will. Just help my team win. That's, that's basically all everyone in the dugout tries to do is win. You have a part of it. It's pretty exciting and it's emotional, and you see all your friends going crazy, and yeah, it makes you go crazy too. So. Can you talk a little bit about your catch in the first inning? Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he hit that ball well, and I, I was running back, and Devin was telling me how many, like, how many steps I have until I have defense. So credit to him for helping me there. And then I got to that last step and jumped and made the catch. So. Quick question: Is you? The, the, you're one of the veteran teams. You were still never on any of those postseason teams. The 2010s, you came later. This, for the first time, as we were talking to coach, feels more like those teams where you're in contention for the conference title. You're in contention for a regional. Is one of the more veteran players on this team. How do you lead, even though you've never been, you know, to postseason before, and it's looking like it could happen this year? Uh, we just show up to the field every day, game or not, just ready to get better, and that's all we can control. We can't control what other teams do in the Big Ten. We can only control ourselves and. The Big Ten is really good this year, so that's good for us. It's a really good series. Hopefully, open some eyes to show that the Big Ten, that Big Ten baseball is back. So yeah, we're just we just have our head down. We're working, and we're trying to get ourselves into that conversation. You guys had a few struggles early on in the game with runners in scoring position, but later on, you guys are able to break through. Was there any sort of change in mindset or mentality that played, or was it just kind of persistence breaking through? I mean, honestly, it was just keep doing the same thing because we were hitting balls hard, and they were just going right to them. So. That's where you get in trouble when you try to change things when you're hitting the ball well. It's just baseball. Sometimes that happens, and the people that are good stay with what worked, and hopefully it finds a hole. And luckily, late in the game, it found holes. Heard the uh, muffled celebrations of the uh, clubhouse. What was it like in there? Uh, it was exciting. Big Ten series wins are huge for us, and yeah, I mean, best friends in the locker room. We yeah, sometimes we just go crazy. Kind of sticking with that, you guys won five straight series, three in the Big Ten, and now two straight after dropping the Friday game. What does that say about the resilience that you guys are able to pick it up after not necessarily starting a series the way you want to? Yeah, you know, our pitchers, it's, our pitchers just keep us in every single game. And, and we're going to figure it out as a hitting group, but 
all credit to our pitchers. They just stay tough. They trust us to figure it out when we need to. And they've kept us in every single game and gave us a chance to win. Even on Friday, we had a chance to win late. And yeah, all credit to them. Anything else for Bobby? Yes, uh, Coach mentioned a little bit about how some some teams have had their pitchers change their pitch assortments before you face them. So there are, where you're, what you're facing isn't necessarily equivalent to the scouting report that you had. Can you talk a little bit about how you've adjusted to that? Yeah, it's it's been tough the past couple of weeks because fastball-heavy pitchers are not fastball-heavy against us. So that's what we start thinking, and they are fastball-heavy. So I think it's just a lot of it's a lot of guessing what their pitching coach is thinking instead of just staying on the fastball and adjusting to everything else, which is what we're all so good at. And we're trying to guess pitches, and it's it's causing us to be in a hole. So I think late in the game, if we like go back to go back to our original approach, and we're hitting fastballs, and we're adjusting everything else. So somehow we just have to get our mind that it's that it's a one-run game in the eighth inning, and we'll be good. You think that part of that kind of comes around with just having more turns at the plate throughout a game? Yeah, it does, and just big spots. It, <laughs> it locks you in. There's no room for mistakes. So you go back to to what you've done your whole life when you have no other choice. You guys go down two to one pretty late. A little bit unfortunate there uh, with the error and those happen. But uh, what was sort of the message going back into the, into the dugout after that? Uh, the message was Tyler, we got your back. That was it. Everyone that came to the locker or everyone that came to the dugout, they're like, Tyler, we got you. Don't worry about it. You're going to come up in a big spot. Pete, you've caught seven straight games now, but you're still finding ways to come through in big moments. How are you, A, doing physically, and then B, what, what's your mindset like as you keep showing up to the ballpark? Physically, I'm all good. Um, my mindset's just to help the pitching staff um, and defense as much as I can, and then do my job offensively and uh, contribute in any way I can. How big is it that you and Bobby were the, maybe not the first people you think of who are going to get the clutch hits, yet you both had great days? Say, what does it say about the depth of this team that you know all nine guys can deliver? Well, it's awesome. Bobby, uh, somebody I hit with a lot in early work and on off days, and it's great to see him, you know, come through. He's got the clutch gene. You know, we can always rely on him, and uh, kind of just working on things off to the side with Bobby. Um, you know, seeing it come, you know, come through in the game is awesome, and uh, really happy for him. You and Bobby, uh, both with big games today. You guys are also really close to each other uh, in the batting uh, lineup. Was it, what was that sort of dynamic during the game? Were you talking amongst each other, feeding off each other's energy? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, my job, kind of down the orders, get that lineup flipped over and get on, get on first base any way I can. Um, and then get, have guys like, you know, Glasser and Bobby drive me in. Um, and and in the dugout off to the side, he's always, you know, you know contributing any way he can and, and, and letting the rest of the lineup know what's coming, what to expect. During a lot of the, the game, there was obviously you guys had a lot of, got hit into a lot of double plays. Um, so got to be a little bit of a, a downer in that. And then how did, how did you, as a leader of the team, help to kind of refocus and get back, get back and be able to you know, produce a win there at the end? You know, sometimes double plays happen. You know, Tibby uh, stung one right at the third baseman. I know uh, some other guys hit the ball hard, kind of right at guys. So. Some of it's unlucky, um, and then some. Some of it you gotta, you know, credit Iowa's pitching staff. They made they executed really good pitches into kind of that funnel where where double plays happen. Um, but you know, you, you kind of have to stick to your approach and, and do what you do best and, and hunt the fastball and uh, make an adjustment to a breaking ball. I think we did a really good job of that, and uh, you know, it uh, we had more success down down the end of that game there.
from a catcher's perspective, I know it's a different look when you're in the box versus when you've actually got the mask and you're the one catching, but does that play into necessarily how you read a pitcher a little bit? And, and does that give you a little bit more success at the plate because of that? I think it's better to dumb it down sometimes because like you said, as a catcher, um, you can kind of look at the tendencies and know what the umpire's calling and, and kind of guess what the pitcher's going with. But more often than not, it's, it's going to be the opposite pitch in the opposite location. So I, I kind of try to just stick to my own approach and uh, you know, trust, trust the scouting report that we have and uh, kind of let that, let that play out. Can you talk about the different uniforms today? You've had, they're like the American flag with reds that are similar in color, but the message in the middle with these, the flag as numbers is very different. These so are awesome. You know, anytime we get a chance to wear these, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of these. I know, I know Craig Yoho's a big, big fan of this, <laughs> the USA, but um, I'm happy to get the series one, especially wearing these. Anything else? Uh, similar question that I asked Bobby, but uh, what was it like in the clubhouse after just hearing the noise? It was awesome. Uh, you know, anytime you can win a series, that's that's the goal. But uh, you know, especially you know against a really quality team, it just goes to show how how strong the league is, and I think it's really important for us. Um, and especially you know on our, on our home turf, our, our fans really showed out, especially on Easter, which is unbelievable, and uh, we're really grateful for that. Coach was talking about the uh, the growth of the team throughout the past uh, few months to a year. In this game, there was a play at the top of the fifth where you guys could have had a double play, but then ended up with two people on the base. But then at the top of the ninth, it was the opposite in which you guys were able to convert a very similar play on that. What does that say about the resilience of this team? You you just said it right there. We got we have a ton of resiliency. We have you know a freshman playing unbelievable second base, and you know we've we've relied on him. A ton, and Philip Glasser's helped him out a ton in the middle of the field. They've they've done an unbelievable job in the middle, and uh, it's my job as an older guy to make sure everybody's kind of in the right spot at the right time, and make sure the younger pitchers feel comfortable in any situation. Thank you for listening to this post game media edition of Talking Hoosier Baseball. Next up, the Hoosiers host the Ball State Cardinals at 6 p.m. on Tuesday, April 11th. See you at the Bart.